hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Good afternoon and welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kiedman, and today we are going to be diving straight into our new and exciting series called Crime and Consequence. Many people joined us yesterday in the morning and evening to delve into the actual details with texts and PowerPoints and videos for a fascinating lesson. We're talking this week about what is the point of prison. And the truth of the matter is, if you take a look, whether it's in this country, and by the way, this country is somewhat faring better than even the United States, you'll see that statistics show they suggest a very uncomfortable truth is that modern day societies imprison people at a rate totally unparalleled, disproportionate to the past, and in fact, unimaginable in previous times. And the irony is, looking at statistics here myself, in the United States, there are 700 plus people incarcerated per 100,000. Here in South Africa, it's 280. Now, based on what I've been researching and reading and putting together here, it seems like in this country there should be a lot more people imprisoned, and in the U.S. there should be a lot less people imprisoned, and that has to do with a broken system. The system's broken here, the system's broken there for different reasons, and we're going to explore some of those reasons. What I'd really love to do is get your input, so please don't hesitate to call into the studio or send us a WhatsApp at 0618951019. You want me to repeat that again? All right. It's 061 eight nine five one zero one nine and let us know what you think. Why is it that our system, the criminal justice system is not working? Why are we locking people up? And what do we hope to achieve by doing so? Yes, the correctional services, as it's called in the US, the penitentiary system is important. And there's a reason why we're locking people away. We're not gonna in any way undo that but the question is, at what rate, for what reason, for what purpose? And that is very much what we've spent our time exploring. Now, the perspective a lot of people have and the driving questions that we're trying to address is, why do we punish criminals? That's question number one. And question number two is, do all criminals deserve a second chance? So those are the questions of our discussion. And... One perspective that people have is, of course, criminals should be punished. we got to protect society from these menaces, from these sadists, from these terrible people. On the other hand, if you look at it from a Torah lens, we realize that indeed criminals should be punished because not just to create that kind of um, deterrence, to prevent other people's or incapacitation to prevent them from offending further, but rather to help them rehabilitate, to help them become better people. And from another perspective, people think that criminals should be ostracized. They should be kept out of sight, out of mind. Don't even give them another chance. If they offended once, chances are they'll, they'll keep repeating their crimes and they will continue doing what they do wrong. But from a Torah perspective, we have to see criminals another way. And perhaps prior to preparing this for this course, I indeed maybe took that perspective. But if you look at it from a Torah lens, criminals, as every human being, is created in the divine image. 
we have to see them as such as well. And therefore, they deserve our concern and respect and help in whatever way we can. And of course, there are certain people who are complete dangers to society, and perhaps those individuals do, don't deserve that second chance. But others do. And think if you were the person who made a mistake. You know, do you ever make a mistake? How would you like others to treat you? If you've made a mistake, do you want to forever be shunned? Or would you like that second chance? And that's why I think it's important to see the Torah's perspective. You see, the Torah's primary theory of punishment is unlike what society is. The Torah's idea is to rehabilitate, to help a sinner, a person who's transgressed the law, to become better, to realize what they have done wrong. That means the person who's done something wrong should return, should become better for their own sake. So even the worst criminals, we realize, are created in the divine image. And it's therefore worthy of our help to help them, to assist them in whatever way we can. So if we could realize that, and we could then explore the current system, and the way how it presently is. And if we look around, in fact, I mentioned this last week, that there's currently a tremendous consensus, and I'm talking about bipartisan input, from all parties, from the two major parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, as well as even from Tea Party, Green Party, side parties, that the criminal justice system needs reform. And this is probably a global phenomenon, but in the United States, and certainly here, and although there are different views on how to go about it, criminals need to be, we need to be protected from criminals, and they need to be incarcerated, and they need to be locked away. But we have to look at the Jewish perspective we have to see what is the Jewish perspective. So let me ask, let me, let, let's begin with a very fundamental question. What is the purpose of punishment? And like we said a moment ago, there are multiple purposes of punishment. Let's review a few. One might be retribution. What is the driving factor is the question. Is it about exacting retribution, about retaliating for whatever offense was committed against you? Somebody smashed in your window and grabbed your phone? Well, you want to make sure to get even with that fellow. You just are angry about what they've done to you. Or perhaps there's something more. Is that just about justice? Then we discussed another aspect called incapacitation, where criminals are a danger to society. And in order to protect ourselves from them, we need to separate them from society. We need to disable and incapacitate them from harming further. So that's a second theory. A third element of punishing would be deterrence. You, the punishment is necessary to deter other people from committing similar crimes. So the punishment is given again to protect society, to deter others from violating, from transgressing, from offending and then we get back to the Torah's perspective about rehabilitation. So, of course, if we look at the legal field, those are the basic theories of how to deal with criminals. But what I want to do now is actually explore the Torah's perspective. And if you look at society today, the emphasis, although initially was on rehabilitation, 
it somehow evolved to retribution and incapacitation and somewhat to deterrence. But we have to see how we can get it back to the Torah's perspective of helping a person to fix themselves. So let me ask you a question. I'm sure some of the people listening are parents. And if you're not a parent, you're a child. Did you, did it ever occur to you when your parents ever disciplined you? For what reason did your parents perhaps punish or discipline you? And why do you do so to your own children? Is it to stop them from misbehaving? Is it to deter the other children from that bad behavior? Is it to show them that their wrongdoing has consequences? Is it because you got to create a fear atmosphere in your home? All these are reasons that many people might share. But I'm sure we'd all agree that the underlying purpose for whenever you punish a child, whenever any parent, any normal parent that is, punishes a child, is to educate the child that this behavior is unbecoming of them and to hopefully show them the way to become a better person. So yes, he might be punishing them and the punishment might be harsh. It might be very disciplinary. But what is the underlying purpose? From a Torah perspective, the purpose of punishment is solely to rehabilitate, to improve, to show the love of the parent to the child. And I'm not now talking about corporeal, real, physical parents. I'm referring here to the Almighty, to Hashem, who's considered our Father in Heaven. So does the Torah prescribe punishments to people who transgress God's will? Yes, indeed, the Torah does. But for what reason? Let's talk about the Torah's theory of punishment when we get back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 IFM. Ladies and gents, before the break, we were talking about the purpose of punishment from a Torah perspective. And the real question is, what is the primary theory? Of course, a parent punishes because they want to set an example and they want to deter and they want to stop the child from fighting or whatever else it might be. But when we look into the Torah, we see the main goal and purpose of punishment is for what is to make us better people. And this is a matter discussed in the Sefer HaChinuch. It's a work of biblical commandments. And there are four aspects of every mitzvah that are discussed in the Sefer HaChinuch. Firstly, you get the definition of each mitzvah, all 613 mitzvahs. There are ethical lessons that could be learned, deduced from the mitzvahs. Then you got basic laws pertaining to the observance. How is that mitzvah fulfilled? And then finally, who is obligated to perform the mitzvah? So for every mitzvah, you want to know exactly when the mitzvah should be done, where, who. So the author of this work is actually not known, but it's a very important work. And within this work, he discusses the 594th mitzvah, which is about corporal punishment in Jewish law, i.e. lashes, malchus as it's called, for someone who committed certain sins. Now, one of the reasons for this mitzvah, says that Sefer HaChinuch, is that the Torah, God who sees us as his beloved children, God wants us to 
return to do the right thing. And that's why the Torah gives certain prescribed certain punishments. But as the verse states, there is, it says, chastise your son, for there is hope. Don't set your heart on his destruction. It's a Mishle. Yasser bincha ki yeshtikva ve'el hamisoi altisa nafshecha. So says the Sefer Achinach that the guiding theory of any punishment within Torah is to rehabilitate the person who has done something wrong, to help them repent. Yes, it's inappropriate to raise your hand against another person. In fact, it's forbidden. But here the Torah says there are times when the based in the court of Jewish law are required to give certain punishments. This should cause them to reflect, a person should think about their actions, their seriousness, and understand that they gotta change their ways. And so, the reason for this is that we're God built, we are God's children. We are all created in the divine image. And just as we said before, parents sometimes need to discipline their children. If your kid is fighting with his sister, then you gotta Send them to timeout. You gotta do whatever it takes, whatever a parent does, whatever form of disciplining that you use. Well, that's gonna stop them from fighting. That's an incapacitation. It's gonna make it clear to your other children that this is an acceptable behavior. That's a deterrent. And maybe because it isn't fear that the other child, to the other children that this kid's getting away with their bad behavior, maybe it's even a form of retribution. But for a good parent, the ultimate purpose, as we said, is to get the child to change their behavior, to realize what they've done wrong, and to improve. And this example of a child teaches us another important, very important point regarding the Torah's theory of punishment. From a secular Western legal philosophical perspective, we don't have the right to determine how other people are to live their lives. It's not my business. Everyone's got the right to live their lives their own way. Whether they're moral, their own personal choice. Everyone's got different values and ethical choices. The usual justification given for the rehabilitative theory of punishment, it is the best way to reduce crime, to protect society. Which obviously have important goals, important, very important end goals. So from the Torah's view, the primary theory is that we want to help a person. Remember, we're not just a body, but we're also a soul. And therefore, when the body does something wrong, it affects the soul. It afflicts it. And so we want to help a person to become better. However, within the Torah itself, we see that even when a person deserves certain punishments, it has to be done in with compassion, with kindness. And that sounds strange, that on the one hand, a person is being punished, yet we say it has to be with kindness? And yes, indeed, from Torah's perspective, one of the examples given is when a person's hanged. Torah says that you can't not allow the body to hang overnight. So what's done is that after we made an example of a person by hanging him, person's body is buried immediately after that. And Rashi tells us a beautiful little metaphor to illustrate this. He says it could be compared to a king who had an identical twin brother. 
You see, one was a king, but his brother was an outlaw. And due to his bad behaviors, he was hanged. But imagine anyone who sees him hanging says, Oh my goodness, the king is hanging. Yes, every one of us created in the divine image. We are worthy of a dignified treatment. And even a criminal, according to the Torah's perspective, deserves that compassion, that humanity, that decency to be treated with, let's call it compassion, with humanity. So the problem is, if you look at the contemporary prison system, I'm hoping we get Rabbi Katz on the show one of these days, to, he is the, the main chaplain here in South Africa at prisons, and to perhaps talk about the condition of prisons that he sees. I've once had the opportunity to visit prison, to visit a particular Jew who was incarcerated in jail, and let me tell you from first-hand experience watching it, it didn't look pleasant. Even if it wasn't the highest security jail that I visited, it seems really in unfortunate to describe what goes on there. I mean, I didn't witness any violence, but certainly the noises, the shouting, the the scene didn't look very pleasant. And hearing from others, they talk about dehumanizing abuse that goes on there. It's not a pleasant place. And the present prison system is failing to achieve that rehabilitation goal. Some prisoners come out worse then when they entered, they come out better criminals, but worse people. They learn some tips and tricks on how to commit whatever offenses and crimes that they were guilty of. And that's a sad reality. What jail should be achieving. In fact, we call it a penitentiary system. What does penitence mean? Return to Shuva. That means within jail, within prisons, people should be coming better. But instead, maybe perhaps because they feel mistreated, they don't feel respected as decent human beings, and so that undermines any rehabilitative prospects that are potentially even possible. So the whole system needs an overhaul. And if we explore it from the Torah's perspective, Torah law actually does not prescribe incarceration at all. Yes, we see prison within the Torah. You see Joseph lingering away in a prison, but that wasn't a Torah-prescribed punishment. The Torah tells us that every human being has a God-given mission in life. And in order to fulfill it, they need to live. They need to have certain freedoms and autonomy. And so when we're back, we'll explore one of the forms of punishment that the Torah gave to an unintentional killer and for other sinners, which is not exactly the same as the jail system that we're familiar with today. We'll be right back. Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Kievman here. And we are talking about crime and consequence, how to deal with criminals, what type of punishments they deserve. And a couple of messages have been coming through. One person mentioned the R.A. Miklat, and that's exactly what I was referring to before the break. And indeed, we'll talk about Ari Miklat just a little bit, where 
it was structured in a way that enabled offenders to continue to pursue their life mission and maximize their rehabilitation prospect. If you read the Torah, it was a city where the Levites lived. It was a place where the elders lived. They had good examples. And they knew not to leave the city because retribution from the people who they hurt or killed would be outside the city and they were allowed to exact retribution. We got another message here from someone who says, Shalom Rabbi Kibben, you learn what you live and how you are raised. I was never punished as a child and neither did I have to support, uh, to re- resort to punish my daughter. I have been attacked in my adulthood and I decided to let it go because as I read in the Gemara, Hashem sees the good, he knows it all, that he sees the bad and he knows it all, he does nothing. I, th- I hope I'm reading this all correctly. And then so I leave it to Hashem. So thank you, Hoda, for that message. And indeed, it's, uh, I guess there's different methods of raising children. I wish there was a method in which uh, children weren't. But sometimes I feel that punishment is necessary. But I will reiterate, punishment should not be executed. And certainly you shouldn't execute your children for the sake of hurting them, even for the sake, even if it's to incapacitate, to stop them from misbehaving in the moment. The ultimate underlying goal should be to rehabilitate them, to help them to learn to become better. And even if the discipline comes with a certain amount of severity, whether you shout at your child or you you give them time out of their playing or whatever other measure you take, hopefully it's not too abusive, it should still be that the underlying factor is love, compassion, care for your child. So it might be expressed with severity, with discipline, but you know what the ultimate purpose is. So in our remaining moments, let's conclude from a Torah perspective. Indeed, sometimes incarceration might be necessary, but maybe we'll leave that for another week to talk about the exact framework of what is necessary. We were talking emergency law, certain prisoners who are perhaps a, tr- a total menace to society. You want to limit their, their ability to harm further. So, those cases, those specific emergency cases is where Torah would allow incarceration, imprisonment. But generally speaking, prisons remain an undesirable method and should only be used when there's absolutely no other viable alternative. Now, if we want to see what we could do from a Torah perspective, firstly, if you have a chance to visit prisons, to visit people in prison, I think it's a little bit of a wake-up call. It gives you another perspective and to see what goes on there. And maybe then you could think about giving a person a second chance coming back into society. Now, of course, one who's a danger to society, you probably wouldn't want them roaming around your children. So obviously this has to be done with sensitivity, with care on how one allows criminals to be welcomed back into society. And of course, certain criminals perhaps don't deserve that. But I think case by case, one has to look at what is, if that person is one who we could perhaps give a second chance to. And I think from a Torah perspective, for the most part, we should see criminals firstly as human beings. Don't shut them out. Give them a chance to prove themselves, to prove if they have changed. And maybe there are certain people who can... Observe and comment. Maybe a psychologist, a psychiatrist. 
maybe certain qualified individuals who can say this person has been rehabilitated and we should be welcoming them back in society. You don't want pointing people po- pointing out and poking your mistakes all the time. And the Torah itself says, don't remind a person always of their bad past. So I think it would be a good idea for one to engage with and see and experience whether it's an opportunity to visit prisons, whether it is helping release prisoners, maybe inviting them in shul and talking with them, learning from them. I hope Shani Krebs doesn't mind that I mention his name. He gave a talk at our shul, and he is somebody who spent a number of years incarcerated behind bars, and he has a very powerful talk to share about his experience and how it's shaped his life and how he's become a better person. Also, I want people to think about their families. I think it's another very important point. The family members of a prisoner pay a very high price for crimes that they themselves did not commit. So it's important to recognize that whether you're helping them get a job, not to stigmatize and stereotype them, whether to help pay their own bills if they have a breadwinner who's locked behind bars because now they need help, whether it's driving their kids to school or inviting them for a Shabbos meal. There are so many things that we could do to help the family of a criminal. And I know it sounds difficult. and it's But remember, it's not their fault. It's not their problem. And just the knowledge that there's somebody in the community who cares about them is of immeasurable value. And I implore you, if you want to learn from some of the ideas that we've discussed, it's really important to do whatever we can. So on a very personal level, we need to internalize the fact that criminals indeed are human beings. And as we said, they're deserving of love and respect despite the crimes they've committed, despite the wrong they've done. And we got to do what we can to help them, and all the more so, their families in whatever way possible. So to perhaps recap a couple of the points we discussed, there were certain methods of punishment that are generally used from retribution, to capacitation, to deterrence, to rehabilitation. And one that we didn't discuss today, we'll discuss in future weeks, is restitution. Of course, a person has to make amends for what they've done wrong. But the system is not really working. And so we explored, or we touched upon, the Torah's theory of punishment, which is about helping the person, not just society. The secular perspective is, we've got to protect society, which is important, and we all concur how vital that is. But from a Torah's perspective, we realize that even the worst criminals were created in the divine image. And therefore, we got to do something to help them. And just imagine if you help them, that they could reflect on what they've done wrong and how they could become better human beings. Wouldn't that be the greatest deterrence or measure to help them from perpetrating offending further? Again, we have to ex- we explore the reality that the present system is not working. I was privileged to have Edna Frankel at last night's course, and she spoke about educational opportunities that she provides. Think about if prisoners were educated. Many of the people who commit crimes do not have the privileged upbringing that many of us are lucky to have, and maybe because they didn't have an education, they don't know better, and that's why they're committing the crimes. I'm not justifying criminals' behavior. It's wrong and they need to be, they need to face the consequences. But nevertheless, if we educate them in the prison system, 
then they could become better people. And when they come out of prison, hopefully they won't return to recommitting crimes. And that's why we see within the Torah, incarceration hardly exists except for certain extreme cases where it's absolutely necessary to protect society. So again, concluding, we realize that we got to be there for people. We got to be there for the families. And I implore you and invite you to join us for this interesting course. And next week we're going to discuss where does Judaism stand on the death penalty? Are some people so evil that they deserve to be executed, whether it's electrocution or other forms? Is there even a slight chance of executing an innocent person? And think about that. We're going to talk next week about cases where that has happened. So I want you to join us for that discussion. And if you think that you already know where Judaism stands on this serious topic, Join us next week, whether in person at the class or here, um, soul to soul, and you'll be surprised to hear some things that you didn't know.